Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? You're listening to episode 155, The Millennial Reign of Christ, Return. Now here are your hosts, Scott and John. back to Bible Mysteries Podcast. I'm Scott Mitchell. I'm John Potts, and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know. And the show is going strong, John. We've got uh, 201,000 unique listeners. Uh, uh-huh. The subscribership on YouTube is growing if they don't cancel us again or ban us or put us in Google jail. <laughs> the which, word is getting out there yes. despite the spiritual warfare. That's the, right. The attacks. And, and a reminder to everybody that we do have a presence on Rumble, on mm-hmm. Twitter, or X, or whatever Elon Musk is calling it now. Uh-huh. Uh, we are on uh, uh, Truth Social, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Okay. Don't do a whole lot of stuff in all those areas. Um, but all of our... So we're a podcast, which is an audio recording. You, you subscribe through Spotify or Apple or mm-hmm. Google, Android, whatever whatever you like um, to listen. And that's I, ideally designed for those that are working out or driving on a commute. Yep. Uh, the videos are for those that want to sit and watch it and uh, look at these mugs. Um, yeah, not a whole lot going not, on. Not so you're, you're saying that there's not a whole lot more content on the video than there is the podcast? <laughs> Other than looking at us, it's the same uh, audio. It could actually be negative. Is what you're yeah, <laughs> same audio information. Uh, but I do want to say that because Google has these ridiculous community standards, which are, which are clearly designed to stop the truth and suppress it, uh, we have Rumble for those of you that if if, if you ever see episodes di- removed or disappeared, like we did one called AI and Genetic Manipulation. I think mm-hmm. it was episode one. It was either 143 or 134. I forget. Okay. But they pulled it. They banned it. And But it's available on Rumble. You can watch it there. Fine. Um, evidently, Rumble believes in freedom of speech. Yeah. And not censoring. So just so you'll know that Google's going to continue to do that because they're run by idiots. Uh, but we, we know they're part of the satanic global elite, so we don't care. And they uh, are loving AI, too. Oh, yeah. So yeah, as just, soon as you start talking about AI, yeah. the AI probably pulled us. Well, and isn't it ironic that the head guy of AI from Google retired to warn people about AI? Uh-huh. And we discussed him before. I've already drawn a blank on the name. But many are sounding the alarms about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think AI is going to turn out to be much more of a um, danger than people realize. Uh, yeah. I, I've got people arguing with me that have worked for Microsoft. Oh, it's just code. It's not. It's not sentient. Well, I don't think it's sentient. No. But if a, if an item can be possessed by a demonic entity like a Ouija board or mm-hmm. a house, a, yeah, an yeah. image or something, yeah, why couldn't AI? Why couldn't code? And don't I don't put anything past the demonic world mm-hmm. uh, to do what they do. They certainly suppress the truth and control the media. What does it say in uh, in Revelation about the uh, the image of the beast and yeah. make it to appear as if it's alive? Yeah, it says it make, that it should both speak. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and yeah. So the image of the beast is, uh, you know, it could be that the image is somehow tied to AI. And uh-huh. We've got people talking about things like Project Bluebeam, 
mm-hmm. where uh, they're saying there's going to be a false flag of an invasion uh, of UFOs or something and that the government's going to come in to rescue us. I, I don't think that's going to be the false flag. I think there actually is going to be mm-hmm. an attack of some sort or maybe not an attack, but... The rapture? Uh, well, the rapture will happen. It might coincide with the arrival mm-hmm. of supposed extraterrestrials who are actually fallen angels coming down and disguise. So they, but they don't know when the rapture is going to occur. No. But they know it's going to occur. Right. But if they've got a backup plan for when it does happen, and that backup plan is Project Blue Beam, so whoop, here goes a million, couple million people off Earth, and yeah. they disappear. Well, then here they come saying, hey, we know exactly what happened. These people, we've been watching over you the whole time. Exactly. We're here to give you the advanced technology. It's all going to be deception. Yes, yeah. It's all going to be deception. So keep your eyes peeled, folks, because there's a lot of lies. You you can't trust anything your government tells you because all they do is lie. You can't mm-hmm. trust anything the media tells you because they are controlled by the same liars. So um, you can trust the Word of God. And that's the only mm-hmm. thing that you can trust. So we will focus our attention on that. And, you know, we talk a lot about this coming deception, the uh, government of the Antichrist, the Mm -hmm. uh, coming wrath of God, and the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But what a lot of people don't know a whole lot about is what happens next. When the Lord does return, there's a Mm -hmm. thousand-year reign. The Bible has a lot to say about that, a whole lot to say about that. So we're going to get into that today. There's a lot of questions about that whole time period. Yeah, there, and there's a lot of people, uh, of believers, Christians, that have no idea what's going on. And I, I would summarize it as saying, even though it's only a thousand years, it's going to be a taste of the new heaven and the new earth. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like a foretaste of what's to come. But it's not that yet because there's still going to be sin, still going to be death. Mm-hmm. And there's still going to be rebellion, as we'll find. Okay. Uh, so we'll dive into that in a probably a multi-part series. And about Satan will be loosed for a period of time. At the end. At the end, at right? The end, Which yeah. is another thing that, uh, that's the most common question I hear people yeah. say. is like, why is he being let out again? You yeah, know? That final test. Yeah. The final test. After a perfect world, a perfect government, perfect mm-hmm. righteousness, perfect justice, peace, prosperity, plenty to eat, will men look at that and go, that's because the Lord granted it, or are they going to say, we can do better? And they'll follow the dragon again mm-hmm. to see if they can take over and run it themselves. Man is arrogant. Mm-hmm. Extremely mm-hmm. arrogant. So we're going to dive into that, a multi-part series on the millennial reign of Christ. Okay. Well, let's thank some of our seekers prior Please. to that. So let me, let me uh, start this off by saying that this episode was brought to us by our premium subscribers, which we call seekers, because yep. they're seeking the truth. Um, and this week um, was brought to us by Michael and Jennifer L., mm-hmm. David F., Caleb B., Tamantha B., and Shafin L., Actually, you know what? I Now that I look at those names, Shafin is actually somebody I know, and it's pronounced Shafin. Shafin? You'd never know that because that's a very unusual name. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've corresponded with that person. I've even spoke to them on the phone. Okay. So, yeah, not, interesting guy, Shafin. Yeah. Well, Shafin, uh, I'm sorry I abused your name. Well, no, I don't think he had. <laughs> I'm sure he's had that mispronounced <laughs> more than once in his life. Uh, but Shafin would be pretty cool, too. Yeah, you know, if he wanted to, you could just say it, Shafin, <laughs> yeah. and, and make these sound even more exotic. Mm-hmm. 
But all of you, thank you for subscribing to us. It's because of our premium podcast subscribers that we can continue to fund uh, and, and do this program. And so we appreciate all that everybody does. And by the way, I noticed another donation came in uh, today through uh, a new subscriber who awesome. not, not only joined uh, to be a seeker, but even made a little contribution, which you can do through uh, Supercast awesome. as well. We, we're essentially, our umbrella ministry is called Unlock the Bible Now, Inc., and that's our nonprofit. All donations to Unlock the Bible Now or utbnow.com, if you want to go there, okay. are tax deductible through whatever you know your religious uh, exemptions uh, allow you to do. Uh, but you can also donate through Supercast. So every every dollar that you give goes to that ministry, and we use it to promote content, mm-hmm. uh, to provide new content, and to uh, do our best to get the word out about the podcast. To grow it. Yeah. To reach more people. Absolutely. Yeah. So I just want you to know if you decide it's on your heart to do so, uh, that's what we do with those funds. We also, uh, because YouTube um, does have the ability and allows us to, we run ads there. Mm-hmm. We just, by the time, they're not our ads or our sponsors or anything. We still haven't found the right sponsor. Yeah. We were look, thought we were close to one, but it didn't work out. But these are just random ads that pop up. So we've had people complain about that. And all I can tell you is you've got options. Uh, if you don't like the ads on YouTube, you can A, watch us on Rumble. Or B, a better option is subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> and get the ad-free content. Because uh, for video content, uh, and, and in particular, it's the full-length episodes of our interviews. You don't yeah. watch those on YouTube. You can go to uh, our Vimeo mm-hmm. site. And it's only accessible to our premium podcast subscribers. So, uh, and then your other option is to just, you know, scan through the ads or yeah. the people that complain that they're annoying and some have said, oh, y'all have more than others. No, we don't. Uh, I watch podcasts too and I watch yeah. shows on YouTube and they have ads and we have the same amount of ads. Uh, so uh, there's no different paradigm or no algorithm mm-hmm. that gives us more ads unless YouTube is just trying to, you know, Annoy distract people yeah, because they don't <laughs> like us. And I wouldn't put it past them, but if, if it is the case, I have no control over it. So, um, you know, the best way to, around that is to not use them. And I don't think Rumble has any ads. So, I don't know. Yeah, if you if you want to watch the content on Rumble, you can. And there you go. So you got options. You don't you don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to endure it if you don't want to. You got several things you can do. We would encourage you though to maybe uh, support us and then. Um, and keep in mind that the primary podcast is an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. Video is yeah. what we call in Louisiana lanyap, which is a little something extra. We, you don't need to see these gorgeous faces. We, we don't have to be doing videos. So uh, we do it just because it's another platform. So with all that said, John, unless you have anything else. That's, no, I'm, this is going to be a good, an interesting one. The yeah. Millennial reign of Christ. Yeah, I think most people don't realize what's going on. When the Lord... Jesus Christ returns. Mm-hmm. It is the end of the world as we know it, but it's the beginning of his millennial reign. Okay. And uh, we're going to find out there's only really one place in the scripture that tells us how long it's going to be. But there's several hints about it that we're going to look at as well. So for 1,000 years, humanity will witness an age of peace and righteousness only dreamed of right now. And it, like I said, is going to be a foretaste of the new heaven and the new earth. So in this series, we're going to explore what the Scripture says about the kingdom of heaven, the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And that's really what it's called. It's referred to as the millennial reign. And what Mm -hmm. most people don't understand is the kingdom of heaven 
is the thousand-year reign of Christ. The kingdom of God encompasses everything that's God's. Yes. The kingdom of heaven is, think of it like a subset within the kingdom of God. Okay. But it's called the kingdom of heaven because the Lord Jesus Christ went to heaven to receive it, and he's returning back with it. Okay. That's going to include us, his army of angels, and whatever else he wants. So it will include everyone who has been raptured up as well as anyone who is saved and has passed. They will come up, yeah, and, and and so there's a whole. But those uh, will be the people in yes. the millennial reign of Christ on earth. That's right. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be resurrected later, uh, and there's something to that too. But okay, there's like two resurrections. I think a lot of Christians have the question of, wait, are we going to be on earth or are we going to be in heaven? Yeah, you know. So yeah. that's why I was asking that. Well, and it's really both. We go up to be with the Lord in the clouds. We'll be in heaven for. Uh, if you're talking about the rapture, seven yeah. years, and then we come back. And my belief is that we're going to reign on the earth with him for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible tells us we will. There's some. There's a priesthood that I think is distinct from the Gentile church, and that's Israel. Okay. They're on the earth too, but I believe we come back. I've known people in the doctrine that I used to believe and teach that argued vehemently that we'll never set foot on the earth again. When we go up to be with the Lord, we stay in the third heaven and we never look back. Okay. And I disagree with that. Uh, I've taught it, but I, I believe it's wrong. Uh, and so we're going to dive into all these kinds of things. Do you have any thoughts around during the millennial reign that we maybe go to and from the earth to heaven? We very or possibly there, might. Or are there any indications in Scripture that reference that? There's no indication that I know of that tells us we'll be leaving the planet to go up to heaven for any reason. But I do think that, and now we're getting even I would say, past the thousand-year reign of Christ. Yeah. When there is a new heaven and a new yeah. earth, after that final unloosing of the dragon and all, mm-hmm. um, that heaven and earth merge into one. Okay. They're two separate locations, yeah. but there's no longer going to be the division between us, hmm. which I think is the sea. And by that, I mean the the, the, the frozen sea mm-hmm. of glass mm-hmm. in, in heaven. So uh, we'll do, we actually discussed that in the Sea of Glass mm-hmm. uh, on, uh, on our, I think, second or third episode. I was going to say that way back. Way back when. Yeah, back with good old Zena, mm-hmm. who, by the way, had a birthday recently. Well, happy, so happy birthday, Happy Zena. birthday, What Zena. is she, 22? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, no, she's got to be my daughter's age, so 24, I think. Okay. Somewhere in that range. Uh, a lot younger than you or I, <laughs> for oh, sure. Yeah. And, you know... I mean, I just turned 50, but I didn't get a mention on the podcast. But anyways, move when, on. When was your birthday? <laughs> July 20th. Well, happy birthday, well, John. It's too late now. <laughs> well, you fished for the compliment. I might as well get it to you. It's <laughs> a pretty big one, too. 5-0. Yeah, 5-0 is a big one. And I, I had 6-0 last year. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm That's getting a old. sad day right there. I'm getting old. <laughs> I'll be 61 at the end of this Ooh. year. <laughs> so, okay, well, uh, then happy birthday to Zena. Happy birthday to John, and a preemptive happy birthday to me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Might as well knock them all out. So, John, our first indication of the length of the reign of Christ and why we say it's a thousand years for the millennial reign mm-hmm. is mentioned in Revelation 20. So, and this is right after the Lord came back, so we'll pick up in verse 1. We'll, we'll go back to when he comes back, too, later. Okay. But he writes in verse 1, and I saw an angel come down. This is John from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. 
and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And that's exactly what you were referring to. Like, why? It's just strange. Yeah, one, why? And then two, what is a little season? Yeah. Well, it's a, it means a small amount of time. Yeah, but to you and I, a small amount of time could be a month. Yeah, it could be a year. Well, hence the so phrase "angelic season. beings." It could be a thousand or a hundred years. Right. I don't know. Well, when you think of seasons, what do you think of? Summer. Yeah. Spring. Yeah. Fall, winter, and they're three months. Okay. So it could be that he's referring to a three-month period of time. Yeah. It could also mean it's you know a shorter amount of that season. Mm-hmm. The, the, the question that stands out for me more than just that fact that why is he being let go mm-hmm. is who is this angel that wraps him in a chain? Can you imagine the power of that individual? I was thinking that, that as you read that. The, the Lucifer, the dragon, the king of Tyrus. Well, the, re- the reason I was thinking that when you, when you were reading that is because, what was it, last week or the week before we talked about... Where was it? In Daniel, where he wrestled with the, the prince of Persia, Persia for 21 days, right? <laughs> right? And I thought to myself, these angels are pretty bad dudes because they're fighting for 20 days. This particular angel just comes down and grabs the dragon and puts him in chains and yeah. chunks him in the pit. And I'm thinking, this guy is like, got a lot of power. He's the Chuck Norris of angels. Yes. <laughs> the Steven Seagal. <laughs> Well, that's the guy that you don't want to meet in a dark hallway. I, you know, we have yeah. no reason to fear the the dragon because we know he's been defeated. And yeah. the Bible yeah. says, "Rebuke the devil, and he'll flee from you." But uh, boy, I don't want to meet this angel in a dark yeah. alley. You know, hmm. uh, whoever he is and whatever his job is, and um, it could be the angel of the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. which would be the you know the the same angel that spoke to Moses in the burning bush and on and on. Mm-hmm. But it continues, and so after that's done, and we'll we'll talk about him being loose to a little season somewhere in this series, because it's at the end of a thousand years. Yeah, and maybe we'll go into why. But so we'll leave that as a little uh, you know teaser to keep you interested. But he goes on to say, "I saw thrones, and they sat on them." I mean, he doesn't tell us who they are. Yeah, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given unto them. Now I'm going to argue that those are the twelve. The twelve okay. apostles, because Christ said to them, "Ye which have followed me uh, in the in the resurrection, you shall sit on." And the, he called it the regeneration, which mm-hmm. is resurrection. He said, "You shall sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel." So there's going to be a hierarchy in place of of the Lord Jesus Christ, David, as a prince, as we'll see. Okay, you know, raised from the dead, David, uh, the priesthood of Israel, and and I think it's probably going to be David and the twelve. Now, it might be Christ in the 12 and then David. Okay. But somewhere there's a hierarchy there. And then the the priesthood of Israel and the nation Israel is going to be the head of all the nations. And then there's going to be nations still during that time. Hmm. The What's left from the earth after the wrath of God. And then they're going to go in to have children and populate again and replenish mm-hmm. the earth. And it is my belief that we that are in the church, the body of Christ, will be ruling over those nations, in those nations somehow. You know, the, okay. the, the parable of the talents, and he says, you were faithful over little, be thou ruler over ten cities. I think that has an application for us Okay. when it comes, and it's going to be in the millennial reign of Christ. But these thrones seem to be referring to uh, the twelve, although it could be all of that. 
that I just mentioned. So do you think that these are the same individuals that if you read in Revelation 4, mm -hmm. I believe it is, that it speaks about the throne of God and that it's surrounded by other seats? Well, those are the 24 elders, and I don't okay. believe they are these, these individuals there. They're in heaven as we speak. Okay. We don't know who they are exactly. That's another fascinating oh, topic. Yeah. Who are these? I would love to know. Quote, unquote, people. I don't know. And you have to think that there's a possibility one of them might be Elijah and one of them might be Enoch. Yeah. We don't know that. But they went, the Lord took them, mm -hmm. you know. So it could be that's, that's how they're there. Um, but those, I think those are different thrones. These are going to be on the earth. Okay. And then he says, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God and which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived. So here's a resurrection. This is the first resurrection. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So there's the number. Hmm. You see the first indication of the millennial being 1,000 in Revelation 20. But the rest of the dead live not un again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So there's two. Hmm. There's a resurrection of all these here that are going to live and reign with Christ a thousand years. And then there's going to be the resurrection of the rest of the dead at the end of the thousand years. And that's a different judgment. Who are those people? The rest of the dead. Yeah, that's everybody that's not in the first resurrection. Huh. Yeah. Okay. And it probably has so to that's do... that's people that died during the thousand years? No. It, it could be people that go all the way back to Adam. Okay. And so you would have those, in my opinion, those that died in righteousness before Christ could be people like Noah, Abraham, okay. Job, yeah. whatever, Israel. Uh, would have died, but they couldn't go to heaven permanently yeah. uh, with Christ having not yet paid for sins. Okay. Right. Enoch is a unique thing. Elijah is a unique yeah. thing. Again, God can do what he wants to do. I'm mm -hmm. not going to tell him, no, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. But if they are among the 24 elders, uh, God somehow applied uh, the atonement to them or somehow managed to allow them to be cleansed temporarily. Mm -hmm. In a similar manner, you know, if you think about sacrifices, animal sacrifices under the law, and mm -hmm. even before the law, yeah, um, an animal took the place of a person that sinned. The transgression was imputed to the lamb mm -hmm. that was slain. The blood was sprinkled upon the mercy seat of, yeah. the, of the altar, uh, of, the, uh, of the holy place. And they received remission for the year. And then another sacrifice that would be have to, again, offer to the priest mm -hmm. the next year. Once Christ came, he was the one sacrificed for sins forever. Yeah. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. So he took away all sins. Therefore, there was no need for sacrifices for those who had trusted in him and believed on him. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we don't offer sacrifices today. Um, so God may have had a way of providing remission, which was... Temporary, mm -hmm. blotting out his forgiveness, which is permanent later. So remission could have been applied somehow to whoever the 24 elders are, or to Enoch, or to mm -hmm. Elijah, right. and um, that they still needed to have the blood of Christ applied to them. And once it was shed, it was applied. Mm -hmm. 
So to me, that retroactive application would have gone all the way back to Adam. Therefore, everybody who died in righteousness would have had the blood of Christ applied to them through a legal act of God at some point okay. after he died. Therefore, they could be in the first resurrection. So we could be seeing Abel there hmm. okay. and Noah and Enoch and Methuselah and whoever, mm-hmm. you know, Adam and Eve. <clears throat> the rest of the dead would have been those that did not die in righteousness because they're going to be judged according to their works. Mm. That's the place, that's the group you don't want to be in. I was going to say that doesn't sound good. <clears throat> I, I'll definitely be out. <laughs> Me too. And that's why he goes on to say this was the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with them a thousand years. So we see both a priesthood and we see a king kingship there. If we look back where he said um, they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years, lived and reigned. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's a reigning and then there's a priesthood as well. So I think there's two separate things. Hmm. And the priest can reign too. You know, mm-hmm. maybe even, even um, Peter said, you, should ma- you have made us unto him kings and priests. Mm-hmm. Right. And John says as well. So, um, but the, the Gentile church would not be a priesthood. And I don't believe we need to mix the church, the body of Christ, priesthood, or the church, the body of Christ, um, church, promises in grace with the church, which is his body that is Israel, the national salvation program. Mm-hmm. They have a priesthood. It's going to be made up of Israelites, mm-hmm. not of us. We, we, there's no replacement theology. I don't believe we replaced Israel. The church did not replace them. Yeah. There's a nation, and God's going to deal with them. So the thousand years... Uh, reminds me of a passage that you and I know very well, but beloved, in 2 Peter 3, 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. We apply that as a formula for understanding time. Yeah. So to me, two days is 2,000 years, mm-hmm. which lends us back to that thing in Hosea 15, you know, mm-hmm. five fifteen rather, uh, where the, the Lord said, I will go and return to my place until they acknowledge their offense and seek my face. And then Israel replies to that in chapter 6, verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord. He's stricken us. He's smitten us. After two days, mm-hmm. we shall live in his sight. So I think that two days is a, is a prophecy of the 2,000 years that would expire before the Lord came back. Hmm. Which means we're very close. 2030, 2030. Two, two days after the death of Christ after right. the crucifixion. So when so, he died at 33 years old. So 2033. Yeah. Or 2030, it depends on when he was born. Oh yeah, yeah. Cuz some would say well he was born in the year 0 cuz that's when they started counting yeah. BC. But some say well he was actually born in 4 BC, which would mean that when he died at 33 it was 2030 or or, or uh, the year 30, excuse me. Okay. The year 30 AD. Mhm. I I get the BCs and ADs mixed up. I think I just Confused him. AD is after he died, and BC is before. I thought AD was after he was born. <clears throat> yeah, after he was born. Born, not crucifixion, but the birth. That's of right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. After he was born. Okay. Anno Domini or something like that. Anno Domini, in the yeah. year of our Lord. In the year yeah. of our Lord. So I was assuming when, it, when he was born. Yeah. So whichever year that was, because it's, it's hard to know exactly. You know, okay. They didn't have the kind of records we keep now. And there's a Hebrew calendar, so I think I would yeah. I would probably lend to think that he probably was born in like four BC, 
which became the year of our Lord. And then when he died at the age of 33, because he began his ministry at 30, and the Bible says he had a ministry for three and a half years. Mm Mm-hmm. So therefore, he would have been around 33 and a half when he died, okay. which would have been in A.D. 30 yeah. if he was born in 4 B.C. Hmm. I know, math is not my strong Well, as the Bible says, we can't know. <laughs> well, he says we can't know the day of his return. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't say we can't know the hour of the rapture. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Nothing in Scripture, and I don't know the hour nor the yeah. day, but nothing in Scripture says we cannot know that. So there may be a mystery hidden in the scripture of when it actually is. Hmm, that's interesting. For all we know. I don't happen to be the one that knows it. <laughs> Just letting you know. But it matches God's formula of a thousand years being one day. Uh-huh. So hence the phrase, the day of the Lord, is applied to a thousand year period of time. Okay. The millennial reign of Christ. And also there's an interesting psalm at Psalm 90 verse 4, John. And it gives us further evidence of the day 1,000 year formula being established even before Peter wrote it. Which is Psalm 90, verse 4, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it's past, and as a watch in the night. Hmm. Well, that's a day. You know, that's 24 yeah. hours. So I think that God is telling us something with that. And why would he give us those hints if he didn't want us to try to figure some things out? Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus specifically said of the day or hour when he returns knows no man, not even the angels in heaven, only the Father knows that. But could we figure other things out? It's very possible that we might. Hmm. Wow. Now, am I sitting here and telling my audience, I know when the rapture is going to happen? No. And yeah. I mentioned a, a, a preacher that was on a, um, has his own YouTube channel named Dr. Barry All, who does some amazing work with uh, feasts and the appointed times. And I, he did predict it was going to happen like you know, July 26th or something. He thought the rapture was going to be there. They was wrong about that. And I think it was because Jesus wanted to wait for your birthday. Yeah. (laughs) I would have never turned 50. That's right. (laughs) Oh, no, I would have turned 50. Oh, you'd barely been been 50. I would have been 50 by like five days. Well, for whatever reason, he he got his appointed times uh, wrong. But I don't think it's reason to completely discount him. You Mm -hmm. know, he may need to reconsider. And if the Lord gave him some wisdom about it, check it out. You know, maybe he's got, maybe he's mm-hmm. on to something. So just a shout out, I don't know this man. I've never talk, spoken to him in my life. But uh, I know that he gets a lot of detractors for even having the audacity to say that he thinks I might know when the rapture is going to occur. Well, I'm simply telling you, I don't know when it is, but there might be someone out there that can figure it out. Hmm. And it wouldn't surprise me in the least. You know, Paul gave us things to look for. Well, the one thing is we... I think the general consensus is that we feel like we're very close. I absolutely do. And Whether if, we're off by a year, two years, or three years, or whatever. Yeah. In the grand scheme of, when you're talking about 2,000 years of history, if we're off, you know, if we're within a five-year window, that's pretty close. That's really close. And if we take the formula, and, and I'm going to do this by, you know, reverse engineering, so to speak. If Jesus was born in 4 B.C., so that he died in 30 A.D., mm-hmm. then 2,000 years later, two days, is 2030. Mm-hmm. How many things point to 2030 in the Satanic agenda? Well, the agenda 2030. Why that number? What do they know? Mm-hmm. Even when the demons were encountered by Jesus and they said, have you come to torment us before the time? Yeah, they knew. They know of a time. Yeah. 
So I think that there's something to all that, and we shouldn't discount it all. Uh, I'm not trying to tell you that I know how to figure out the appointed yeah. times. But if God gave a man or woman some wisdom to see it, he did say in the last days he shall pour out his spirit and our young men shall dream dreams and on my handmaidens and they'll see visions. So maybe we're going to see some knowledge will increase. Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about. That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart. To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com. Thanks. Maybe we'll see some work on that mm-hmm. and we'll get a better idea. It doesn't matter, though. We should be looking for His glorious appearing any, any moment. Definitely. Yes. Any moment. So Christ is coming back. Whether we, we don't know that day or the hour, whether we can figure out the time of the rapture doesn't mean anything because let's say I can predict the rapture is going to be on this day, on this time, at exactly this many minutes past the hour. Yeah. You know, and let's say it happened. And, and it wouldn't because I don't know. It still doesn't know. tell you when the doesn't tell me when the Lord's coming, coming back. Because yeah. Yeah. it doesn't mean he's going to come back exactly seven minutes, uh, seven years to the second after yeah. that. Yeah. You know, so we don't know what day or hour it's going to be. But he is coming back. And he's coming back with wrath and an army. And his aim is vengeance. So he can establish his throne in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And we already saw a little bit last week about Jerusalem is going to be you know, changed uh, geographically. Yeah. Geologically, yeah, uh, this plateau is going to rise up and and whatnot. And we'll get more into that in this series. Um, but in Revelation 19, if we back up a little bit from the first verse we read about the thousand years, we see the return of the Lord in His glory right there, starting in verse 11. It says, "And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True." We're talking about Jesus. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. That blood, by the way, that his vesture is dipped in is not his own. Mm-hmm. It's the blood of the enemies, of his enemies. And it, it stands to make me wonder, could that also include angels as well as humans? Do angels have blood? Fallen angels? Yeah. Yeah. That's who he would be destroyed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it makes me think that they, they... I don't believe angels are immortal. I think the yeah. holy angels may be. Yeah. And probably because they have access to eat of the tree of life, which we will too. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they may have extended longevity. They might be hundreds of thousands or millions of years old. I don't know. But uh, I don't believe they can't die. Because Satan, the dragon, is an angel, and he's going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So, he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. So that's how you know it's Jesus Christ, John chapter 1. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses. And, and I'd like to remind my listeners that when you, every time you read the phrase in the Old Testament, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, that literally means Lord of armies. Mm-hmm. God is a commander of an army. Mm-hmm. The Lord Jesus Christ is like the, 
the top ranking person in heaven mm-hmm. over a host. So we have to remember he's come back, he's trained for this. He came meek and lowly on the cult the full of an ass the first time. When he's coming back, he's he's different. Yeah. Uh, he's coming back with an army and and we're talking devices of war like technology beyond our imagination. Wow. You know. Uh, so the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Whether those are literal horses or that's meant to be a reference to their technology, I don't mm-hmm. know. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. When we talked about Jerusalem and Mystery Babylon and the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Mm-hmm. All that. That's what he's talking about. Wine press is both the picture of wine as in new wine, as in new doctrine, but it's also a picture of wrath. Hmm. Okay. You know, Jesus Christ coming back to pour his wrath out on the world. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's a king over all the kings. And we got to be talking about not just earthly kings. You know, he's a king over angelic kings. Yes. Yeah. There's realms in heaven, you know. There's, there's, uh, who knows, planets maybe. It's beyond our yeah. comprehension at this point. And Lord of Lords. So uh, all those crowns on his heads, uh, I used to think that maybe those are the crowns we're going to receive at the judgment seat of Christ, you know. Mm-hmm. It could have something to do with that. But either way, you see his glorious return there. And when he does return to reign over the earth, he's going to reign from Jerusalem. Okay. On the Holy Hill of Zion. And Psalm chapter 2 is a great um, passage. It's 12 verses that essentially, it's like the world and the satanic global elites say, come on. Mm-hmm. Who do you think you are, God? We're great. We can take you down. And God's answer is, he's just going to laugh at them. Yeah. When you see the power of my son, you're gonna, your hearts are going to stop. And, you're, and they'll melt for fear, and they're going to literally melt physically uh, when they see him. So I love reading this passage because it makes me picture that. Verse 1 of Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord. Can you imagine the audacity of human beings, which they do all the time, mm-hmm. the, the the anger and the... Uh, the um, Increasing vitriol of atheists screaming against God, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and others. That mm-hmm. you can see they're getting more and more perturbed, you know, as the time draws near. I think the demonic entities that control these people are causing them to manifest even more yeah. behavior like this. You know, uh, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed Christ, hmm. saying, "Let us break their bands asunder." And cast away their cords from us. This is what man thinks he's going to do. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. You ever think about God laughing? And then yeah. instead of laughing at just a joke, imagine him laughing at the puny efforts. It's like Hulk smash. You know, it's like Hulk looking down at a human being that thinks he's going to try <laughs> to kick him in the shin or something. You know, I'm not trying to compare the Lord God creator to the Hulk. But uh, it's just a it's just a perspective thing. 
He says, the Lord, the, uh, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. So when he stops laughing, he's going to say, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son. This day as I have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. And we talked about this before, John, but when we talk about the title of the earth in Timothy Alberino's book, Birthright, which mm-hmm. I agree about his uh, premise, that God gave dominion to man, and that's why the dragon and his angels can't just come take it. Yeah, There's a legal transaction that has to be made. And that's where Agenda 2030 that you mentioned comes into play. Mm-hmm. Because once they get everything in their ownership, and you'll own nothing and like it, mm-hmm. you know, the Klaus Schwab idiocy that he pushes, um, once that reaches the, the right number, then they control the, the property rights. Yeah. Then they can turn around to the Antichrist and say, hey, here's the majority interest in the earth. Well, the same thing would apply to Jesus Christ. In other words... He had to be fully human and fully God to be the Lamb of God. And so when he comes back to lay claim to the earth, it's because he is the Son of Man, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Born of a woman. So everything about what God did to redeem us through Jesus Christ and his shed blood was legal. Hmm. Okay. Legal contract, you know. That's why the term begotten is so important. When people take begotten out of the Bible... God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. That has to do with his humanity. He was born. When they change it, new version, it says God gave his one and only son. That's not true. Jesus is not God's one and only son. There's many sons of God, but there's only one begotten son of God. To remove that uh, word out of a Bible is to do discredit to the truth. That's why I use King James Bible. Hmm. So he said, I've set my king on my holy hill of Zion. And he says, ask of me and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. And the rod of iron is the word of his mouth, the Mm -hmm. sword. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way. When his wrath is kindled with a little, blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So when we were talking about Washington, D.C., and don't put your trust in government or men or politicians or armies or anything, it's because this is the only one that's going to make right out of the mess that man's Mm -hmm. made of the earth, the Lord Jesus Christ. So blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So he makes it. This is my declaration. He's coming. He's going to reign. He's going to smite the nations. And he's going to rule from Jerusalem. So it only makes sense. If Christ is going to rule from Jerusalem, and that's where his throne is going to be, don't you think that's where the dragon wants his throne? Sure, if he's going to mimic God. Absolutely, which is why I think Jerusalem is Babylon, mystery Mm -hmm. Babylon. Everything's pointing to that. Now, back to Revelation 6. Men are going to see the Lord coming in his wrath at some point. Somewhere in the last three and a half years of tribulation, whether it's the last day or week or month, Hmm. I don't know. Uh, But when they see him, 
um, it's likely they're going to think, oh, God, here comes this enemy. They're not going to think of him as the creator of heaven and earth. Hmm. I think they're going to be deceived by the dragon to think he's some sort of an invading. That's not part of the strong delusion? Yeah. That they will see him as an enemy coming? Yes, I think so. Christ's coming? Right. Hmm. They're going to likely believe that the Antichrist can defeat him, and that's the reason they're going to worship him. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, you're God. You know, he tells them he is God. Yeah. So they're going to worship him as God. And it literally says in verse 12 of Revelation 6, And I beheld when he'd opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. We've already talked about these earthquakes, you know. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she's shaken up a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. Hmm. That's fascinating to think about. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. This is probably the same time of the, the stuff that was going on with the destruction of Babylon, for all we know. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, satanic global elites, mm-hmm. and every bondman, and every free man, hid themselves in the dens, and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? And so they're going to see this and think, oh no, we're now going to be punished because the Lord is coming back. And then the Antichrist is somehow going to say, that's not the creator. He's an enemy. Or who knows what yeah. he's going to tell yeah. them. We can defeat them if you'll take this mark and become supermen, mm-hmm. you know, and take this uh, injection or this whatever it's going to be to cause them to become human 2.0. Yeah. There's your your Harari uh, dream come oh. true, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever that satanic. What do they guy. call that? The uh, where you upload <clears throat> your consciousness. What do they call that? Is it Neuralink? Yeah, but they had a term. Uh, oh, I can't remember it now. Well, the bottom line is they're trying to live forever yeah. through, through AI and technology, yeah. and a Musk is a part of that. A lot of people think he's a good guy. I don't trust him. Yeah, I don't yeah. trust him at all. Uh, and I'm not telling you that he's um, part of satanic global elites. Like I was saying about Trump the other day, he could be a Trojan horse. Yeah. I don't know. So could Musk. Yeah. But he says too many things that all of them, all of these people, I don't care who they are. Well, just the fact that he's in the position of so much power and so much wealth. And I'm not taking away from the guy what he's done in business to to create his wealth. Yeah. But you, it's my belief, and you could disagree, people that acquire that much wealth and that much power have been assisted greatly in getting it. And I don't know what they did to get there, right? But I'm just saying that you, there's a good chance that you got there through something else helping you along. Well, if the devil himself told Jesus that all the power of the kingdoms of the world were his to give to whom he will, because mm-hmm. it was delivered unto him, yeah. then I suspect he's the one that is doling it out. Yeah, so if he's running the show behind the scenes, you think he's going to let some good guy come over and yeah. be like one of the most powerful people on the planet? Which is not to he's say gonna they're have, on, He's going to have his thumb on that person, too. Yes. It's not to say they're on some millionaires or whoever that can that do good things. Oh, absolutely. You know? yeah, yeah. But there's a certain level where you get beyond that and you get so rich you're into the billions. Mm-hmm. You're in the club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's an exclusive club. Yeah, that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You, you, 
Yeah, you don't just kind of get there being a great guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not in the billion, not in the hundred billion club. You can build a better, better mousetrap and make a great living and become a millionaire, and I don't think you necessarily uh, get into the club. But I think when you reach a certain point, it's kind of like uh, Chris Crutchfield was saying a few weeks back when, mm-hmm. you know, there's people in Hollywood that when they, they'll feel you out to see whether or not you're worthy to come into the club. Mm-hmm. And if they think, okay, he can play ball, then they'll bring you in. Now, like you said, you got to have some talent. Mm-hmm. you got to have this or that. But once you get in there, and then they start to slowly reveal their agenda, and then mm-hmm. sometimes people get out because they go, no, I don't want any part of this. And then that, that's the last you hear of them. Well, they, that's where the one-hit wonders are. Yes. And you made one movie, and it was pretty good. But we never that's heard of you again. Exactly what he was saying. So there's some people like that. But then there's people that want more. And, you know, oh, yeah. how much money is enough? Just a little bit more than I have, Rockefeller said, or J.P. Yeah, Morgan, yeah. or one of those. So, uh, and, and those when you've people, got that much money, what's left to, to acquire? Power. Power, yeah. Over people. Mm-hmm. And then you get into that whole Luciferian mindset of needing to kill people for sport and thrill and uh, to uh, molest and, and kill children and sexually Well, and at that point, you're being told to do that stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, they've got enough dirt on you by then. It's like an Epstein Island thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Which, by the way, is also behind all the garbage going on in Washington, D.C. And, mm-hmm. and London. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you the royal family is just as guilty as the rest. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway, right. I, I, I digress. <laughs> we went off on a tangent there. Yeah. Uh, Someone else started with Elon Musk. We're going we're gonna to eventually get everybody so angry at us. That, you know, <laughs> we're just going to both disappear. <laughs> I am not suicidal, by the way. Anybody, uh, <laughs> Didn't uh, uh, L.A. Marjuli say that? And he was like, oh, guys. Oh, he did. He's right? like, guys, I'm not suicidal. <laughs> Uh, I'm not into kitty porn or something yeah. like that. Even yeah, like when exactly. they start hanging stuff on me. <laughs> well, and they always try to make it look like you know they, they can they can indict you for anything. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So they they can make you look guilty for never having set foot in a in a so much as a poker game, mm-hmm. you know. But they'll mm-hmm. they'll make it look like you're the worst Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. That ever set foot on the earth if they want to. So yeah, I I fully expect that the Lord is the only one that can fix that, and hence the armies of the Antichrist. Uh, that are shaking their fist at God, saying, "You know, He's coming. Let's. Who's going to save us?" And He says, "We can." So they're going to gather at Armageddon to attack Jerusalem, as we saw okay. last week. Uh, and and it looks to me like, and I think Ryan gave me Ryan Peterson gave me this idea that they're attacking the city uh, and doing all this destruction against whoever's in there. And then the Lord returns. So this appears to be very near the end of the seven years when that final thing comes. And it's almost as though Ryan was suggesting in the in the heat of the battle, the Lord appears and they turn to fight him. You know, so here Mm -hmm. they were after the, the, the remnant, the people of God. And then here comes the Lord with them. And we read that in chapter 19, verse 17. And I saw an angel standing in the sun. And he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men, and the flesh of horses, and of them that sit on them, and the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast, which is the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth, which would be the ten kings and maybe others, and their armies, 
gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse. Against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshiped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mm-hmm. mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Something just occurred to me, John. In every instance where Google removed something or banned us or put us in Google jail, it was because we were talking about this time. Whatever we said about... About the seven-year tribulation? About the, the Antichrist, the Nephilim beasts and the Lord returning, and them taking his mark. Okay. Every time we identify the mark of the beast and connect it to anything like AI or a potential vaccine or something, that's when they take us out. Hmm. What do you think that means? It, it means that this is their early attacks on the scriptures. They want to stop anybody from hearing this truth. Yeah. You know, this is what's happening. We're not violating any community standards. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There are no community standards. The CDC lies about everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's ridiculous to say that there's some community standard. They're part of the same corrupt, wicked government. Well, you could probably go on and search up vaccines, and there's thousands of videos of people talking about vaccines. Yeah, exactly. So my point is, every time they take us out, it's because we're talking about this time. Hmm. Mark of the Beast. What is? What do they know about AI and the Mark of the Beast or vaccines and the Mark of the Beast that they don't want people to hear? Hmm. So, by the way, I just guaranteed this one will be pulled too, <laughs> uh, later on. They're all getting pulled. Well, they're, yeah, they're eventually, some of them are going to get pulled. But they see, they don't have any control of our platforms. Yeah. Their platform only. Yeah. You know, so we've got our own platforms. So that's why I don't care. But, um, and, and we don't make money from them. Other than the ads they run, and, and yeah. you know they might trickle in thirty, forty bucks a month or something, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's not significant. But my point is, if they're if they're, and I'm sure it's some algorithm that scans this stuff. Nobody sits there and listens to these things. But if any of you idiots are listening to them, we we know what you're doing. So to Google, um, we want you to know. We know what you're doing. You are terrified of this truth because you're part of the Antichrist system, and you don't want people to be warned about it. So the Lord knows, and we know. So I just want to set the record straight on that. Now, in this battle, by the way, with these Nephilim hybrids and the kings of the earth and the humans that whatever took the mark of the beast, Uh um, when they battle the Lord and he comes back, these armies are destroyed by the Lord. And you and I talked about this a few weeks back, several weeks back, about you brought up their flesh melting away uh, as they stand on their feet. Yeah. And it's recorded for us in Zechariah 14, verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. And we're not talking about something that happened in history. This is something that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. And their eyes shall consume away in their holes. I think it's interesting that they showed a similar scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it wasn't because the Lord Jesus Christ was coming back. It's because they opened the Ark yeah. of the Covenant. So it's he, Spielberg got it wrong. Yeah, and all these ghosts came but he, flying but out. But he got it from this. Yeah. And he doesn't know it's the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to make that happen, not 
not the box that the lid was opened on. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. <coughs> so their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. So people that ban us on Google, you have this to look forward to. <laughs> and it shall come to pass in that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and on his hand shall and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. They're going to turn and fight each other. Yeah. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem. And that tells me that I think again, this is back to what Ryan shared in the uh, summit we did for debriefing. Um, <clears throat> the Lord, as He comes back goes through Edom to pick up the believers in the wilderness uh -huh. to bring them with okay. him as he heads into Jerusalem. Uh, Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together, gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. And sometimes I wonder about the beasts um, could that be a reference to the Nephilim hybrids? Hmm, okay. You know, I mean, clearly horses and mules and camels and the ass, those are all animals we know and understand. But then he says, all the beasts that shall be in these tents. What? How many animals do you keep in the tents? You know? Yeah, a dog. <laughs> <laughs> like dogs. <laughs> Maybe it's just dogs and cats. Let's hope not. Now, when Christ returns, he separates the nations. So after all this battle takes place, we're, we're talking about the millennial reign of Christ, but we've got to set the stage. Because mm -hmm. he comes back, there's this battle, and he destroys all that stuff that's been wicked and unrighteous. And then he establishes his throne. So if we've already seen that there's going to be Israel as a priesthood, and we've already seen there's going to be those that are kings that reign with him a thousand years. Uh, then we see the destruction of the Antichrist and the armies of the wicked uh, satanic global elites. And then he separates the nations, and of course we're talking about what remains of them, because not everybody takes the mark. Yeah. And only the righteous get to go into the kingdom of heaven, or the <laughs> millennial reign of Christ. And we see the perfect picture of that in Matthew 25. Verse 31, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, so you know it's related to the same time as the okay. second coming, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and this is the remnant of nations. Okay. And he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Now, we're talking about people, not livestock. Yeah. But they're likened unto sheep and goats. Yeah. All of these are nations, Gentile nations. This is not Israel. Okay. Right? They're, they have a whole other thing we're going to get into. But these are the Gentile nations. Gentiles on the left hand are called goats or likened unto goats. Yeah. Gentiles on the right hand are likened unto sheep. How many times in the teaching you grew up with were you told the Gentiles are never sheep? That sheep only pertains to Israel, never the Gentiles. I would say I heard that a lot. Yeah. yeah. I heard it a lot too. This, this is one of those verses that proves it's wrong. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Gentile nations are counted as sheep on the right hand here. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, the sheep nations, 
Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. These are Gentile nations. Mm -hmm. Did you know, was it ever told to you, that the kingdom of heaven was prepared for Gentiles? We were always told mm. it was prepared for Israel. No, yeah. Weren't we? Yeah. Well, and, and hence we said, ah, we're not there. There's, the body of Christ can't be there. We're not there. There's, there's, it's for Israel. Yeah. No, they're the head of the, the kingdom. Mm -hmm. They're the kings and priests reigning with Christ. They're the priesthood. But the kingdom was prepared for the Gentiles. So it begs the question, how is it for them? What happens during this time? Well, the nation Israel is going to go ye therefore and teach all nations. Mm -hmm. There they are. <laughs> They're going to be taught the word of God for a thousand years. It's finally going to bring to fulfillment what God promised all the way back in Exodus, which we're going to try to get to before we wrap it up. So he said, uh, Come, you blessed of my father, and here the kingdom prepared for you, Gentile sheep, from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Well, when did all these things happen? Are we talking about helping the poor throughout all the ages? No. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink. When saw we thee in prison, uh, <clears throat> a stranger, and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Who are the brethren of Jesus Christ? He was born a Jew. Yeah. So this is Israel. Israel. Yeah. And it's when are they going to be sick and hungry and naked and what? It's during the tribulation because mm -hmm. they can't buy and sell because mm -hmm. they don't can't take the mark of the beast. Yeah. So all this is going to be taking place during the three and a half years there, the last three and a half years. That's when they did this. Those are the ones that get to go in. That you helped out my people Israel in their time of trouble, hmm. in the time of Jacob's trouble. Then shall he say also unto them uh, on the left hand. Uh, verily I say unto you, um, or, or depart from me, rather, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. And you're thinking, oh, what horrible sins did they commit? He says, for I was in hunger and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you took me not in. Naked and you clothed me not. Sick and in prison and you visited me not. These are still Gentile people that didn't take the mark of the beast. Yeah. But they had, they were preppers. <laughs> And they, they had food. Any, they didn't do anything to support the nation. They Israel. didn't help. Them. Yeah. They didn't help that. And it's not the nation Israel. It's the believers mm -hmm. out of Israel, right? Yeah. Because the nation is yeah. going to turn apostate, right? Well, two thirds. Two thirds, yeah. exactly. So the one third that was being persecuted are the ones they didn't help. So they didn't take the mark of the beast. Yet they did not do anything to help out these. Hmm. And therefore, he says unto them. Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. And it's interesting to note that he said that the everlasting fire was prepared for the devil and his angels. Hmm. So ultimately we know that all the fallen angels, including the dragon, are going to be cast into yeah. this lake of fire. Fascinating thing. So we'll stop there, John, because okay. there's so much to cover 
Uh, we're it's not going to be a three part. Uh, at least, at least, yeah. could be four. Wow! But okay. I'm trying to do it in three. That you know, you talk about a thousand year period of time. There's a lot to cover. Yeah, you true. Know, I don't know any history professor that can teach a thousand years of history in one in three one weeks. Class. <laughs> in one class, yeah. <laughs> So anyway, thank you all for listening as always. We hope that something in this is edifying to you and you're finding that it's not only um, enticing you to look into the Word of God, hopefully some of you are watching us and seeing these things for the first time and going, that's in the Bible? Yeah. You know, wow, I've got not to look into this. this. Yeah. Yeah. And those of you that are uh, a faith, a person of faith, and you have a faith in Christ, we're hoping we're making you uh, examine the Scriptures and search it out and go, wow. And if you're not in a place that's preaching this and teaching the Word of God like this, mm-hmm. find one, you know. And we're going to continue to post a link where you can, it's like a church directory that your wife sent us mm-hmm. uh, that you can look up and hopefully try to find some area churches that do preach uh, sound Bible doctrine. I'm not trying to say we have everything right. And anytime I find an error, I'm going to correct it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as every pastor should, yeah. you know, if you find there an error. So, we want to give you as many tools and resources as we can to help you in your walk and in your faith. So, John, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening. And don't forget to look up for our salvation draws near. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.